Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, July 2nd, 2021. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell. And if you're listening to this, as always, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. July 2nd. Holy shit. Uh, Yeah, we're over halfway through the year. Which is really kind of fucked up. Uh, when you stop and think about it, July just kind of fucking crept up on us. I said to my wife the other day, uh, yeah, Sunday's the 4th of July. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? No, no. Doesn't seem like it, does it? But yeah, there it is, Sunday. Um, Listen, real quick, before we get into the stuff I'm going to talk about this week, let me go ahead and give my notices to the new people who have found uh, the podcast for the first time. Uh, Real quickly, if you're new, you need to understand this is an amateur podcast. It's not done in a studio. It's not professionally edited and mixed. You're going to hear some background noises. Just roll with it. As a matter of fact, there's a good possibility you're going to hear my dogs barking during this episode because I'm still waiting on my fucking water delivery. So uh, just roll with it. Just doing it in my home office. It's not being done for money. This is just a cathartic release for me. Secondly, if you found me finding me for the first time, that means you probably don't know about my website. And if that's the case, go check it out. It's oldhippymedia.com. Old Hippie H I P P I E Media.com. You're gonna find anything you want to know about me. You're gonna find links to my social media. You're gonna find my blog. You're gonna find my merch store where you're gonna find 160 different items to choose from, and you're gonna find links on where you can buy my first two books entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020. Now, I won't bore you by pimping myself out anymore. You've heard it. Go to oldhippymedia.com. We're done there. So, what has been going on this week? Uh, first thing I want to mention this week is uh, Tony Michaels and the Tony Michaels podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you to Tony Michaels and the Tony Michaels podcast. Uh, he had me on his show uh, this past Wednesday for some political conversation, and I want to thank him for that invite. Uh, go check him out. Uh, he's on. I know him from TikTok. Uh, if you want to look for him on TikTok, look for the Tony Michaels, the Tony Michaels. Go to YouTube to watch videos of his podcast. Just search for Tony Michaels. And uh, he does apparently a lot on Twitter, he said. Uh, Now, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. But uh, he's at the Tony Michaels on Twitter. So definitely go check out his podcast, all of his social media accounts. And while you're over there, buy a fuck'em hat. He's got brand new... Fuck em hats. He's trying to make red hats wearable again. And he's got this wonderful line of hats that say fuck em on the front. He's got red and blue. Uh, he did ask me if I wanted one, and I never get back to people in time because I'm horrible at that. So I'm going to tag him on TikTok and let him know he's mentioned in this podcast so that he could listen to it so that I could tell him, yes, I'd love a blue one. Uh, my, my address is P.O. Box 747 Shanahan, Illinois, C-H-A-N-N-A-H-O-N, 60410. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I'll get you something over from the merch store here before summer. I guarantee you. I'll, I, I'll make a note and remember it, Tony. But once again, thank you for the invite. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And everybody go check out 
Tony's podcast. Uh, something else that happened this week was I had to go take my nine-year-old, soon-to-be ten-year-old, but nine-year-old nonetheless, son to go get some new shoes because he was as tense to happen. Happen, he was growing out of his current shoes, and uh, it's official. He's now wearing adult-sized shoes, so I have that expense now to look forward to the rest of my fucking life because he's probably never moving out, and we'll be. We'll be having him live with us for the remainder of our lives. No, I'm not joking about that. I mean, when you stop and think about it, he's going to be... I'm going to be 58 when he graduates high school. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That means when he graduates college, if he goes to a four-year, four-year university, I'll be 62. Fuck it. He's just going to wind up living with us the rest of his life. I mean, that's pretty much baked into the cake at this point in time. But... The the point of the conversation was that hey, motherfucker wearing adult shoes now. You know? Everything's going to start stepping up in price now. <sighs> and I was recognized for the first time over at the shoe store. Uh, a young lady uh, uh, from the southwest suburbs where I live. Not in the same suburb, but one near the southwest suburbs where I live recognized me from TikTok while standing in line at the shoe carnival in Joliet. And uh, that was a first for me. Don't get me wrong. My wife's coach follows me. Or my wife. My daughter's coach follows me. uh, But we've known him, so that's not really a recognition. And so that was a first. I said to my son, I go, well, good thing you were there because nobody would probably believe it. (laughs) Uh, but thank you very much for stopping and chatting in the parking lot and saying hello. And, uh, yeah, if you see me out and about, just stop and say hi. I'm, you know, people are like, dude, you're fucking TikTok famous. No, no. You know what 331,000 followers for me on TikTok proves? It proves that any idiot can get 300,000 followers on TikTok. I mean, I'm literally just a retired landscaper. That's it. So... The fact that somebody recognized me in, per, in public was really weird, but interesting nonetheless. A new experience. Uh, something else uh, I read in the news this past week that kind of caught my eye that, listen, I'm clearly, if you see any of my video content, you'll know I'm not a weight loss expert by any stretch of the imagination. I have lost large quantities of weight and put large quantities of weight back on. And I've tried various things, and uh, people in my circle have tried various things. And a weight loss system uh, popped up this week that is just really the wrong way to go. Even though I'm not an expert, I'm telling you, it's the wrong fucking way to go, okay? This is not how you want to choose to lose weight. So uh, the system I'm talking about uh, that I read about for the first time this week is called Dental Slim. Dental Slim. Uh, it's a new device that it, it, it's like one brace for the top tooth and one for the bottom tooth on opposing teeth on the same side of the mouth that are attached and locked into place. And they each have a very powerful magnet on them. And what happens is the magnet shuts your mouth. 
and it only allows you to open your mouth two millimeters. And it, no, I'm not shitting you. Go look it up. Go look it up. Dental Slim. It allows you to open your mouth two centimeters. So basically what it does is it restricts you to an all-liquid diet. Now, the wearer is said to get a key to the device in case of emergencies, and the makers of the product say it doesn't affect the person's ability to breathe or speak. But i got to admit, while it probably doesn't affect your ability to breathe, I'm going to call bullshit on the speaking part. I mean, basically, you're a ventriloquist for the rest of your life. And not for the rest of your life, I'm sorry. For the remainder of the time, you have that device in your mouth. This isn't the answer, folks. It's just not the answer. I know, and I just have not done it, I know what you need to do. You need to change your, your physical activities and your food consumption in conjunction with one another so that you can sustain off of it and you can live off of it. I mean, unless you're planning on staying on a liquid diet for the rest of your life, this isn't going to work because the minute you take the device off, you're going to go eat solid food again. You're probably going to have some kind of adverse reaction to it initially before you get back into the swing of things, and you're going to start spiking up with your weight again because you're not going to stay on a liquid fucking diet. Stop it. Stop it, people. Seriously, this is moronic. Magnetizing your mouth shut? (sighs) No. Hard, hard pass for me. And and it's just the wrong answer. It's just the wrong answer. But I'm not going to dwell on that too long. I just wanted to briefly mention it because it caught my eye. Go look it up. It's called Dental Slim. And it's just fucking stupid in my opinion. Uh, speaking of stupid, it was announced this morning, Friday morning, it was announced that uh, Olympic track and field star... Shakari Richardson, I hope I'm saying that right, Shakari Richardson will be suspended one month and thus not be allowed to compete in the Tokyo Olympics because she tested positive for THC. THC. Are you fucking kidding me? THC a substance that is legal for medicinal purposes in 36 states and recreational purposes in 18 states plus the District of Columbia, and we're still suspending athletes for it? Are you fucking kidding me? I live in the state of Illinois. Illinois made $205 million off of almost $700 million in marijuana sales last year alone, and we're still punishing people for this. What the actual fuck are we doing? Not to mention the fact, okay, set aside for one moment if we can, please, the fact that it is legal in state after state after state after state. It's being used as medicine. There are major unions that are no longer testing for it because it's medicinal in use. There are states raking in hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue off it. Put all of that to the side. Put to the side all of the bullshit that we could 
debunk about it being dangerous and addictive and a gateway drug. Why the fuck are you suspending a track and field runner for using cannabis? Are you telling me that weed is giving her an unfair advantage? In track. You ever blaze up and then go try to run, let alone run competitively? Motherfucker, I can't run to the mailbox when high. Trust me, it ain't giving nobody an unfair advantage in track. Nobody. The people who are tasked with coming up with the punishment for cannabis usage in athletes need to actually consume cannabis once in their life. You know what's going to happen? All of these decision makers are going to find themselves laying around their office higher than giraffe pussy, giggling like a schoolgirl, forgetting why they're even fucking there. And after they take the long trip down, have a few burritos to quell the munchies, set them to the side and say, now, do you think you could have run, let alone run competitively in the motherfucking Olympics in that state? And when they go, oh, fuck, no, no, no. Then you look them in the face and go, then why the fuck are you suspending track and field athletes for it? If anything, it gives her a disadvantage. It makes her want to sit the fuck down, turn on some music, and chill the fuck out. The fact that any athlete in the United States of America still has to fear being suspended for cannabis usage in 2021 is a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. Once again, Stop it, people. Stop it. Nobody's getting an unfair advantage from herb in any sport. I mean, unless there's some kind of Olympic event that involves marathon binge-watching Netflix while consuming massive amounts of fucking Doritos, herb isn't giving anybody an unfair advantage. (sighs) All right. Fuck it. Let's get into politics now. And sadly, the first political story is about COVID. And I say sadly because, sadly, COVID and the fight against it has become a political discussion in this country. But Tom, why would fighting a pandemic that affects us all be considered a political discussion? Well, boys and girls, allow me to explain. See... We have, in this country, a group of people that are known as fucking morons. They're easily identifiable, typically wearing some form of red hat or other merch that says Trump on it. They're known as, once again, the fucking morons. And they're running around this nation spreading lies and propaganda in order to help advance some kind of fucked up political tribalism. What we have going on in the world, in the United States, specifically as it pertains to us, is something called the Delta variant of COVID. See, COVID is mutating. It has been mutating 
we've known about this. Different variants have popped up in different places around the world. And now the Delta variant is here. And it's a bitch. And it needs to be taken seriously. Delta is said to be more deadly than any other variant so far. And that includes the Alpha variant, which was previously known as one of the deadliest. First popped up over in England. Public health officials in the United Kingdom, where Delta accounts for more than 95% of the new COVID cases, have said that the variant could be 40 to 60% more transmissible than the Alpha variant. Now, it is currently in the United States. It has been found in all 50 states, and it currently makes up 20% of all new COVID cases here in the United States. But here's the kicker. It's spreading like wildfire in states that are heavily unvaccinated. As a matter of fact, last month, 99% of the people who died from COVID were unvaccinated. We're starting to see the numbers play out for the people who are vaccinated versus the people who are not vaccinated. So when you look at a map of where Delta and COVID in general is still running rampant and cases are spiking, it is all across the southern states, all of the unvaccinated states. Fully vaccinated people do not appear to be getting affected by this new variant. And that's great news, unless you're one of the soft-headed among us who still think the virus is a hoax or the the vaccine has a tracking device in it or they're still concerned over long-term side effects. You know, you guys are the reason why we're still fighting this battle 17 months later. 17 months later, we're still fighting this battle because you guys won't listen to the doctors. You guys would rather listen to your friends and family on fucking Facebook, Parler, TikTok, and Twitter than you will the men and women in the white coats who went to school for the better part of a fucking decade to know what the hell they're talking about. So here's the deal, asshole. The next time you have a fucking project done at your house, you build a house, you have your kitchen cabinets put in, you have new plumbing done, new landscaping put in, you don't get to hire a pro. No. Go get Billy down the street, the accountant. Have him hang your fucking cabinets. You don't want to listen to the fucking experts anyway. You don't get to use pros anymore. Pros are, for, pros are for closers. Pros are for people who actually want pros in their life doing pro shit. You guys didn't want a pro politician, right? You wanted some fucking person with zero experience? Look what you got. So now you can go listen to Aunt Susie's YouTube video for your health care needs, and you can fuck off. You, you don't need pros here anymore. Don't go to the doctor when you get sick. Don't call a plumber when you need plumbing. Your fucking car is making a noise when you turn the radio down. Fuck you. Fix it yourself. You got a wrench. Fucking sick of these fucking people. I swear to God. And listen, and I keep saying, you, it's your choice. Nobody should force you to get the vaccine. But you got to understand that the reason why this shit's happening in this country, the reason why kids won't be going back to school maskless in six weeks is because of you fuckers. It's because of you fuckers. Now, take a look at Illinois. we we got a massive population in Illinois, and we have a rapidly declining, declining positivity rate, a rapidly declining death rate, and we are not seeing Delta variant 
like crazy. We're seeing it in small pockets in areas of unvaccinated people, which does tend to make me slightly nervous for the town I live in because I have a lot of Trump support, uh, Trump supporting virus deniers living in, in the town I live in. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm vaccinated. One of my daughters is vaccinated. My wife is vaccinated. Uh, you know, I got two more people in my immediate family to worry about. And then I'm sorry, fuck the rest of them. They want to run around unvaccinated and catch the Delta variant. You can fucking deal with it. And when you're on a ventilator and they're giving you the rundown of what is going to be wrong with your body if you make it off the ventilator, I don't want to hear shit about your long-term effects. You were too concerned with invisible long-term effects. Now you get to deal with those long-term effects. Something else that happened this week, real quick, if I could transition away from those idiots. Uh, Last Friday, my podcast aired. I recorded and aired it before we had the Derek Chauvin verdict. Um, The Derek Chauvin verdict came down last Friday in the afternoon. So I want to briefly discuss that, if I could, please, because I didn't have a chance to discuss it on my podcast last Friday. Uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, the murdering piece of shit he is, uh, received 22 and a half years, uh, which puts him eligible for parole in 15. Uh, Maximum was 30 that he could have gotten, and the 22 and a half is 10 more than recommended. It was recommended uh, based on sentencing guidelines that he... uh, 12 and a half is where it most likely should have been or could have been with a number of other judges. He got 22 and a half. Out in 15 with good behavior, I would imagine. Uh, This is what I would call, personally, my own personal opinion, a mixed bag, right? Is it enough time? No. No, it's not enough time. He took Floyd's life in broad daylight, right in right in the street. He should spend the rest of his life. He should take his last breath behind bars. If you're anti-death penalty, I can understand that. Fine, so be it. Um, but at a minimum, life in prison. Will he make it 15 years? Not unless he's guarded 24-7. Um... I mean, they better put his ass in isolation lockdown 24-7 for him to uh, have a chance at making it 15 years. Uh, And to be honest with you, he should not be given that kind of treatment. You committed a crime, you lost your freedoms like everybody else in that building, you get put in general population. Best of luck. Should we consider ourselves as a society lucky we got the 22 and a half? Uh, sadly, yes. And therein lies the mixed bag, right? It, 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 is it enough? No. Should we consider ourselves lucky we got that as a society? Yeah. And as I say as a society, listen, this affects people of color and communities of color in ways it will never affect me or my community in, at all. But as a society, we have got to start sending a message to the cops who think it's okay to do this shit. That's what I'm talking about. So should we as a society feel lucky that we got to 22 and a half years? Yeah. Given the history of these things? Yeah. 
most of these guys don't even face charges, and if they do, they fucking walk. So the fact that this guy is going to do a day inside is excellent news. The fact that at a minimum he's going to be inside for 15 is good news, unfortunately. He should be in for life. We got to take what we can get at the moment and keep fighting for more. We got to keep holding these cops accountable. We got to hold this up as a standard and we got to move forward with this stuff. But yeah, uh, it's not enough, but we got to consider ourselves lucky we got it. So, listen, I'm sure there are a lot of people of color going, no, absolutely not. We, we should not consider ourselves lucky that he got 22 and a half. And I understand what you're saying. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Given the history of this shit, that seems like an unimaginable sentence. So, I'm going to celebrate the 22 and a half for now and see what happens over the next 15. Now, two stories that everybody was talking about this week um, and towards the end of the week, everybody, including myself, were beginning to kind of tie together uh, were the stories about Britney Spears' case and Bill Cosby's case. <sighs> so listen, I'm trying to figure out how to say this because I didn't really, I just jotted down Bill and Brittany in my notes and I kind of wanted to talk off the cuff about this. I didn't really have notes per se. Okay, both of them have extenuating extenuating circumstances? Is that the right word? Extenuating circumstances. Motherfucker, you know what I'm trying to say. Extenuating circumstances. But they're both still wrong, right? So the Brittany case really primarily involved from the best of my recollection and my understanding of it not necessarily removing the conservatorship in general but basically getting her father off of her financial conservatorship and this was kind of an affirmation of a hearing that actually occurred back in November this wasn't a new hearing this was kind of like a just a conclusion to something that started back then so it wasn't the judge didn't rule that her father's in control of her life forever, right? She can still petition to have the conservatorship as a, as a whole removed. But the fact that she can't get somebody else removed from legally being able to make her financial decisions for her at her age is, I'm sorry, fucking wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong that her financial situation is controlled by somebody else. It's wrong that her career is controlled by somebody else. It is wrong that her body, her fucking body, is controlled by somebody else. And so the Free Britney movement, or whatever it is, took a little bit of a setback and that Britney was denied her petition, right? And in the same week, we had technical circumstances uh, lead to the uh, overturning of Bill Cosby's conviction for sexual assault. And thus, he was released from prison immediately. Now, the tie-in becomes, hang on. The tie-in becomes, a lot of people were talking about how we can't even get Britney freed, but we can get Bill Cosby freed. What the fuck's going on? And I kind of agree with that. Now, once again, 
I understand that Cosby had extenuating circumstances too. But it was my understanding from everything that I read about Cosby's case that the DA at the time, who also turned out to be one of Trump's lawyers in his impeachment trial, but the DA at the time didn't actually make a deal with Cosby. He made a public statement about how they would not pursue charges at this time for Bill Cosby should he agree to testify in this civil case and waive his his uh, right to self-incrimination. Uh, but there was never, and, sorry, and it's my understanding that it was made clear that he could still be charged in the future and no official deal was struck. It was a public statement by a DA. And as a result, when that DA left, a new DA came in. The new DA then charged Cosby and used his testimony from the civil case. And I understand that people who are far smarter than me say, well, that is what we, is textbook, what we call uh, infringing on his right to not self-incriminate. And you know what? That's why I was a landscaper, right? Because I didn't study this shit. It's not my field. And I understand what you guys are saying. But to me, when for in layman's terms, when I see that, I start to say to myself, so a public statement, not a written binding agreement, a public statement can now be determined to be a legally binding agreement between the district attorney and either party. Okay, then any statement made by any DA about any case can be determined as legally, can be deemed legally binding agreements with one party or the other. That, to me, is fucking dangerous precedence. But once again, that's why there are smarter people than I am carrying briefcases in the courthouses all across America, and my dumb ass is sitting here telling you my opinion on it. So I'll leave it up to them, obviously. I just think it's, it's fucking wrong. I don't think any of it's right. None of it fucking makes sense to me, and it is what it is. I get the nuts and bolts of the individual scenarios. I truly do. But both scenarios are still festering buckets of shit. So, that's my two cents on that. Speaking of festering buckets of shit, let's go ahead and dive headfirst into Trump land for a couple of stories before we wrap up this. We have a couple of big Trump stories here to wrap up this week's podcast. Uh, first up, uh, this one's more of a an interesting kind of, eh, I see what you did there, but I disagree with that story. Uh, C-SPAN uh, put out a list of the president's best to worst that have served, obviously Biden excluded because he's just begun to serve. Uh, best to worst, all the presidents through Trump, through forty five. And Donnie McFuckstick came in fourth from last. That would be 41st out of 45. Now, on their list, he beat out Franklin Pierce, Andrew Johnson, and James Buchanan, who always is last on every one of these lists. And for those of you who just weren't aware of it, let me give you a brief rundown. Franklin Pierce held a pro-slavery view and was the only sitting president to be denied his party's nomination for re-election. Andrew Johnson favored 
quick restoration of the seceded states to the Union without protection for the former slaves and was impeached as a result of it. And James Buchanan, the one who always comes in last on the list, was in office when the nation split into two and he did nothing to stop the secession. That's why he's considered to be the worst, right? The nation literally split into two countries and put us on a footing toward civil war. All of that, all of that is horrendous, right? Pierce having a pro-slavery view, disgusting. Uh, Andrew Johnson getting impeached and not wanting to protect the slaves in any way, shape, or form, disgusting. And James Buchanan just allowing the secession to happen and not doing anything to stop it, disgusting. Horrendous, unthinkable, all of it unforgivable. They all have earned their spots on the list, rightfully. But how is any of that, as horrible and unthinkable as it all was, and still is, how is any of that worse than Trump? Once again, Let me just reiterate where I come from with Trump. I'm not talking about policy. I disagree with Trump on policy. No, we shouldn't build a wall. No, we shouldn't start a trade war. No, we shouldn't limit legal migration. I'm not talking about policy. I'm talking about one event and one event only that makes Trump the worst. He is still the only president out of now 46 presidents to literally try to violently overthrow his own government in order to install himself as the leader of the nation against the free will of the people and the results of a free and fair election. How is anything any president ever done worse than that? I just don't understand how he doesn't make the bottom of the list perpetually, forever, starting January 7th. But there it is. They they, they put him fourth from the bottom, which you know is going to result in him bitching and moaning and clapping back at them in some way, shape, or form. But uh, that's to be expected. I'm sure that is the first of many lists that's going to have him in the bottom five. There are going to be the, the group of people that would make the new Mount Rushmore should you do it today with the top four, and there's going to be the people that would make the Mount Rushmore of dog shit presidents, and he will forever be in that picture. Forever. Uh, in other Trump news this week, uh, his own savior of an attorney general, Bill Barr, has turned on him as well. Uh, the sack of elephant shit known as Bill Barr, a man who betrayed the entire nation in the name of Trumpism, has written a book. He's going to cash in. He's written a book on the final days in his attorney general position called Betrayal, (laughs) Uh, in which he says some of Trump's claims, not, not some of, all of Trump's claims of voter fraud are bullshit. Now, let me read you first an excerpt from the book, Uh, some, a few excerpts from the book, okay? These are direct from the book. Quote, my attitude was, it was put up or shut up time. If there was evidence of fraud, I had no motive to suppress it. 
but my suspicion all the way along, was that how that says? Yes. My suspicion all the way along was that there was nothing there. It was all bullshit. We realized from the beginning it was just bullshit. It's a counting machine, and they save everything that was counted, so you just reconcile the two. There had to be no discrepancy reported anywhere, and I'm still not aware of any discrepancy. There had been no discrepancy reported anywhere, and I'm still not aware of any discrepancy. So let's take that, just, just that little bit from this book, if we could. My attitude was, it was put up or shut up time. Really? It wasn't put up or shut up time when he was uh, pressuring a foreign leader to dig up non-existent dirt on his political enemy? When he was withholding congressionally appropriated military assistance to an ally in a hot war, it wasn't put up or shut up time then. Next line. If there was evidence of fraud, I had no motive to suppress it. Mm, True. But you've suppressed a lot of shit for a lot of different reasons, so you're kind of untrustworthy at this point in time. I hope you understand that. He goes on to say, but my suspicion all the way along was that there was nothing there. It was all bullshit. We realized from the beginning it was just bullshit. So you realized from the beginning that it was all bullshit. But you let him spread lies to easily, easily manipulated and very violent people and didn't have the balls to say anything to him or the American people while it was happening, but now you've written a book called Betrayal in which you say, well, I just couldn't. You know, I had to get out of there. It was all bullshit. Are you fucking kidding me? You did nothing to stop Trump's betrayal of our American system of governance and our fair and free elections. You sat by and allowed him to destroy confidence in all of that and incite a fucking insurrection against our government. And, and why did you sit by and do this? So that you could wait, to, so that you could cash in? Fuck you, I hope you don't sell a single copy of this book. I hope it fails miserably. That is... What is it with these people? Yeah, we're just going to sit on this shit. And that goes for some people that I agree with too, by the way. That goes with, uh, that goes for the gentleman who wrote those books about Trump too. Woodward. You had those fucking tapes about the, the coronavirus, how he downplayed them since February? And you just sat on that shit? Well, people died. So that you could write a book. Grotesque. Fuck you, Bill Barr. You're a traitor to this country. I hope you get what's coming to you. But the best news out of Trump land this week, the by far the best news, is the fact that New York has slapped 15 felony indictments on the Trump Organization and its longtime CFO, Alan Weisselberg. That's the beginning. That's what I've been talking about. It's just the beginning. All right? These initial indictments, and there will be more. 
as you can tell by the wording I'm about to read to you. These initial indictments state that the Trump Organization and Weisselberg ran a 15-year-long tax scheme to, quote, and I quote from this now, compensate Weisselberg and other Trump executives in a manner that was off the books, end quote. Now, since they're starting with the organization itself and the CFO in order to put pressure on him, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, they focused on just him as an individual in the first round, and here's what he's looking at. He's charged with personally alleged, with receiving personally, uh, on top of illegal cash compensation, rent on an Upper West Side apartment, utilities and garage expenses paid for by the Trump Organization, he and his wife received an, uh, a leased Mercedes-Benz uh, off the books. He received nearly $30,000 in cash over a six-year period to pay for personal holiday gratuities, whatever the fuck that means. He received new beds, flat-screen TVs, carpeting, and furniture for his home in Florida. He also received perks including $359,000 in tuition payments for Columbia grammar and prep school for two of his grandchildren and those payments were alleged to be made from checks from Donald Trump's account signed by Trump himself and later the Donald J. Trump revocable trust which pulls Donald Trump directly into the whole goddamn thing and remember all of that the Mercedes Benz, the rent, the garage expenses, the, the, the prep school tuition paid for, all of that, the TVs, the carpeting, the furniture, the, the new beds, all of that was on top of, on top of $1.7 million in illegal cash compensation over that same period of time, which is where I want to stop real quick. I don't mean to be facetious when I say this, but I want you to really, truly, truly, truly think about this. So even though I read all of that shit, think about how cheap Trump still is, if you could for a moment. Even after I listed all of that shit, his cash compensation was only 113000 a year. $1.7 million over 15 years. We're only talking about a 15-year period. And I, I haven't found anything if the 15-year is due to uh, statute of limitations, not being able to go back further than that because he's been the CFO for 30-some years. Um, but, yeah, over the 15-year period, 113000 a year. Really? 113 For a guy that cooks the books for you... For decades, a guy that knows where it's all at, a guy that handles money in ways you could never imagine and does it for you, that's what you're shelling over. Your alleged billions of dollars, you're giving him a buck 13 a year. Now, what? I, listen, I get it. He got his rent paid for, he got his Mercedes paid for, his, cow, his grandkids got their school tuition paid for, he got furniture paid for, his. his his utilities were paid for. I get it. I understand all of that as on top of this, but direct cash payment of 113000 Bitch, please. Mm. The dude's been cooking the books for that company since 
Papa Klansman ran it. You really are a cheap motherfucker. So anyway, here's where the pressure comes in. Right? All of this shit, all of these felonies that Weisselberg is now facing. Fines and felonies. They add up to 15 years. He's 73. He's 73 and he's looking at 15 years and fines that'll wipe him out. What do you think his family's telling him right now? And remember, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Weisselberg's decision is this, and it really is quite an easy decision to make, uh, to, to, to ascertain, to explain. His decision is flip on Trump or go to prison. That's it. Those are your two options. There is no door number three. Even if he's lucky and he doesn't go to prison, he's financially wiped out. That's it. He's done at 73. Unless he starts cutting deals. And he most likely will see some prison time out of that 15. At 73, is Weisselberg willing to go to prison for crimes he committed at the behest of Trump? And remember, New York made sure to make it crystal clear that this is not the end of this thing. This is the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is a pressure campaign now to see how who they can get to flip on Trump as they make their way up the ladder. They already have his lawyer working with him, Michael Cohen. He's cooperating with them 100%. Now they're trying to get the money man, Weisselberg, and they've slapped him with indictments. That'll, If he gets half... Half he doesn't get out of prison until he's eighty, right? I just don't see Weisselberg falling on the grenade for Trump. I, maybe I'm wrong, and if so, fine. Then Weisselberg will go to prison with the rest of them. What do you think Weisselberg is going to do, though? Let me ask you this question. Think about this one for a minute. For all you people driving around in your car, sitting in your office right now going, he's never going to flip. Shut up. He's never going to flip. What do you think Weisselberg is going to do when Trump is indicted for these crimes and he goes in and says, well, I didn't do it. I have to rely on my accountants and lawyers. I have to rely on the expertise of others. And he turns around and throws Weisselberg under the bus. Says, well, he's the one that did it. He's the money man. I'm running a whole empire. I don't have time to watch pinch pennies and watch every dime. They hand me checks that need to be signed. I sign them. What do you think Weisselberg's attitude on this whole thing is going to be then? Because you know that's coming. You know that's coming. Once Trump himself is indicted and is looking at real probable time, or fines that are going to wipe him out, take his company down, there's no fucking way in hell he's not going to start flipping on everybody around him. It's what he does. He's a coward piece of shit. So I guess watch this space. We're going to be talking a lot more about this as the as these developments unfold. You know what? I'm going to talk about it here. I'm going to talk about it on my accounts. So watch this space, I guess. Uh, listen, before I go for the week, um, 
I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July this weekend. Um, it's going to be nice to have some form of normality back to the festivities after a year of missed festivities. Um, I want everybody to enjoy the, the normality as best as humanly possible. Get out there and celebrate whatever it is you want to celebrate about your country. Uh, watch your ass in big crowds if you're in an area that is heavily unvaccinated. Uh, you never know what's going to be floating around those crowds. Um, and uh, I would like to wish a premature happy birthday to my father who passed in 2015 who was born on the 4th of July uh, this year would have been Pop's 78th birthday which it's kind of mind numbing to me when I stop and think about this for a moment it has been 6 years since my father passed my father was born on the 4th of July. He passed on the 8th of July. So a week from yesterday is the anniversary of my father's passing. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because it's my father. I don't know if it's because I've been facing my own mortality lately, but um, holy shit, it does not seem like six years to me. Um, but yeah, Sunday, is Sunday? Yeah, Sunday would have been my father's 78th birthday. And next Thursday would have been, this, it will be the six-year anniversary of the passing of his death. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that next Friday, uh, along with... Uh, why we uh, make our elders suffer in death. Uh, we'll get into all of that next week, though. Everybody have a good 4th of July this weekend. Don't drink too much. Don't act a fool. Let the fucking sane people handle the fireworks, okay? If you've had too much to drink, or if your eyes are permanently crossed... Let somebody else handle the fireworks, okay? All right. Thank you. That's all I got for you guys this week. Tune in next week for another episode. And as always, until then, stay grateful. <laughs>